0: All right, people, Saturday morning, it's early too, well, it's not as early as it was when I first woke up, and I swear on everything I love, I should have like my own radio station with how early I can get up and record on a Saturday morning or something like that, because I was up probably like 4 o'clock or so, and didn't take too many notes, but I waited a little bit to record because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this as a topic or not, because I think the last time... I feel like the last time I had an episode where I discussed Marvel, I was I was a little hard on them, rightfully so. But granted, they do have some some interesting shit cooking um, in their kitchen over there. You know, Disney's in the pot, too. We all know how that um, how that deal went down. But as I was looking at, you know, it's been a bunch of Marvel news, as there always will be, because Marvel We know they're at the top of their game. They know what they're doing. They're pretty well structured to the point where they can go off and they can do, um, you know, separate projects and spinoffs and TV series and stuff like that. So they've earned the right to do basically everything that they're doing right now. Now, whether everything is going to work, the jury's still out on that. I'm not sure Um, because there are a lot of there's a lot of Marvel news and there were a lot of Marvel trailers that just didn't grab my attention whatsoever. So. I'm just going to briefly <laughs> I always say briefly and I never really never really follow through with it. It's always like an hour long when I get into certain topics, but I'm going to try to briefly, you know, talk about some of the things Marvel has coming up and whether I'm excited for them or not. And just to start right off the bat, I'm going to start with uh the Black Widow trailer. The trailer dropped before the Super Bowl, but I think they did a, you know, they did a Super Bowl spot for it. Now, Black Widow, of course, we know what her fate was in Avengers Endgame. She died so that, um, you know, Ronan, I almost called the guy Arrow, uh, Hawkeye could get the Soul Stone, basically. So this is going to take place, if I'm not mistaken, after Captain America's Civil War. Now, this has got a 2020 release on it, May 1st actually and of course it's got scarlett johansson in it david harbour of all people is in it and you know i actually not too long ago did some commentary for hellboy and i i kind of gained a certain type of respect for him as far as who how he can dive into certain characters and rachel wise is in it and if anybody doesn't know who that is she plays evie in the two mummy movies before she was replaced in the third movie, Robert Downey Jr. is supposed to make a cameo, which I'm not surprised by. He is the MCU's top villain, I guess. And because it takes place, you know, before, uh, after Civil War, which is, of course, before Endgame and Infinity War, we know that certain characters can come back from the dead, so to speak. And it's, you know, the movie. The trailer, I won't lie, man. It looks good. I, I wasn't excited for a, a, a Black Widow movie at all. I'm like, I've, I always felt like she was a character who didn't really, you know, she had a mysterious past, but I didn't feel like I would be interested to see what that past was. You know, whether Hawkeye was involved, whether Tony Stark was involved. I, I just didn't, I didn't really see the claim behind the character. But I will say, as the movies, the Avengers movies went on. And the movies that she was featured in, like Captain America Civil War, I started to like her character even more because not only did she get to uh, she get to whoop a lot of ass, but she had a lot of heart. You know, at in the begin there's a scene in in Avengers Endgame where she's just, you know, I think she's like making a sandwich or something. And she's just sad. You know, she's sad. She goes through the motions in these movies on the low, and I never really appreciate it until later on. But This movie directed by Kate Shortland. I'm not sure what she's done prior or what she'll do after this. But from the looks of this Black Widow trailer, it looks like this movie is going to have some really crazy action scenes because it's Black Widow is one of those characters that, you know, she she's with the hand to hand combat. She can use weapons, but she could throw down just like any other Avenger can as far as the fisticuffs go. So one thing I know this movie is going to have going for it outside of the. The actual action scenes, like as far as outside of spectacle, is the the fight choreography is going to be good. Hand to hand combat it's going to be some good martial arts. I know that for a fact. So I actually I, I'm completely turned around by this trailer and the little TV spots that they've been showing because the movie does look really good. The tone of it looks pretty. You know, they're going to have humor in it, but it looks pretty serious because she is a she is an assassin at the end of the day. Um, and also want to see how they fit other characters in here. Now, if they're introducing new characters, that's cool. I'm all for it. Um, even though I mentioned in the Cinemaniacs group, when the trailer dropped, I posted a picture of David Harbour in that costume he's wearing. And I said, he looks like if Rob Zombie directed a Captain America reboot. That's exactly what he looks like, because his beard's hanging out of it. And he just looks really like hardcore in a Captain America outfit. But... Nonetheless, man, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this movie, man. I, I hope it does really well, especially because we're in the era of, you know, even though it was always a thing, it never went anywhere, disappeared. We're in the era of female empowerment to the fullest. So I feel like this will be a good movie, like along with shit like Birds of Prey and, you know, those kind of movies where... You know, the females can have their superhero and then you have Wonder Woman coming out. That'll be a whole different episode I do with what DC has coming up. But yeah, the female empowerment thing, like I'm all for it. So that's something that's well needed on screen. Now, while that will be a feature length film, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will actually be a TV series on Disney Plus now. I just didn't see the big deal with the whole Disney Plus thing. I'm just like, people act like they've never seen Disney properties before, X, Y, Z. But I will say, like, what actually got me excited for Disney Plus wasn't even a Marvel property. It was the fact that they were doing a a follow-up to the Mighty Ducks with Emilio Estevez. But when I saw the, the trailer bits for Falcon and the Winter Soldier... it's it's something that I didn't think I would see because of how much these characters couldn't stand each other and because of how things went. And I know eventually they had to team up, but because of how things were in, you know, in Captain America, Winter Soldier and Civil War, they still didn't like each other, even though they had to work together. But the fact that Cap is gone. You know, at least Chris Evans is uh, Captain America, because there is another Captain America in costume, a U.S. agent or whatever they call him. And he's played by Wyatt Russell, who was um, I can't remember his name, but he was in Overlord. But while that looks weird to see Wyatt Russell in a Captain America costume, um, I do want to see this like buddy, buddy, not buddy cop, but this buddy, buddy dynamic between Anthony Mackey and Sebastian Stan because the fact that i feel like they still feel like they are not fully friends yet they are they have come together for you know um some of the same reasons and because of those reasons they feel like they have to work together so i want to see how how long they can get along you know in the episodes when they when they clash and when they want to fight each other when they want to go against the grain and disobey orders i want to see all of that so and there's some really good shots there's a good shot of um anthony mackie playing the falcon you know sam wilson and he just hurls cap shield into a tree and it gets stuck and it's like that i can get with because people have to keep in mind that sam is he's human for the most part I mean, not even for the most part. He's completely human. He didn't have, like, the super soldier serum. At least if they did, it would be a shocking revelation in the TV series or something. But the way he hurls this shield into a tree, you know, makes it seem like he's going to be on his A game. We already know Sebastian Stan is, uh, you know, Bucky Barnes is a super soldier also. So we already know he's going to wreck shit. But what I want from Bucky Barnes, even though he his memories kind of cleared and is, is back to normal, but he is still that killer at the end of the day so i want to definitely see some fight scenes with him that remind me of the winter soldier because like i always say this man the russo brothers um marvel in general needs to thank the russo brothers for introducing some of the best fight choreography that any superhero movie has ever seen because it wasn't until captain america the winter soldier that the fight scenes started to get really well choreographed they started to get really brutal and intense and i hope we get a lot of that in um in this in this Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series, which is directed by Carrie Skogland, something with these lands in the last name. Kate Shortland for Black Widow, Carrie Skogland for Falcon and Winter Soldier, something with these lands. But I'm not familiar with her. But the way that the, the you know, the, the trailer bits look, um, I'm also intrigued to see what they do with this. Now, WandaVision, which is also coming in 2020, I didn't mark the date down uh, specifically. This is something that was it was was a little more uh, uh, off-putting for me because I'm not really sure what they're going for here. Um, you know, Wanda's still alive. Vision, of course, he didn't come back with the snap, and I don't know how where when this is going to take place. I don't know if she brought him back for magic or made a new vision. I don't know what's going on. I do know, well, first of all, I know Elizabeth Olsen is back, and Paul Bettany, of course, because it wouldn't be WandaVision without him. Kat Dennings, who was in Thor, the Thor movies, is, is back in the MCU again, and Tiana Paris is in it, who, uh, to my knowledge, I think she is in the Candyman uh, sequel that's coming out this year. Now... As far as what they're doing, I have no idea because there's a lot of trippy moments in here and not like Doctor Strange trippy, but there's a lot of set pieces like they remind you of old 90s TV shows and before that, like 80s TV shows, 70s, 60s. Like there's different scenarios that Wanda and Vision are in, and I guess the only cool part for me was that I didn't even notice it when I first saw it until I, you know, saw some frames for the trailer separately. Wanda has, you know, she actually has her, you know, Scarlet Witch costume or her classic comic book costume. And it it looks cheesy on her, but it fits whatever it is they're going for in this in this um, in this series, because. It's like they're going for it's almost like every episode is going to take place in two different realms of of TV land. This is exactly what it reminds me of is old school TV land. If this shit was in black and white, uh, if they just switched half of the series to black and white, it would not surprise me. I just it's just really strange and I have no idea what they plan on doing with this. And I'm not going to say I, I won't watch it, but this will probably be one of the ones that I that I catch later on down the line like once i get into falcon and winter soldier and stuff like that as far as the series go but i will watch it before i watch the loki tv series which isn't coming out this year it'll be out next year 2021 tom hiddleston is back of course as loki uh and owen wilson is in this now i'm gonna be honest and say Loki is not my favorite villain. I didn't like him as a villain in The Avengers. I understand he was the trickster and this, that, and the other, but I just didn't see a real threat when Loki was on screen. I I something I just can't I just I can't take seriously about uh Tom Hiddleston in that outfit. Now maybe I need to go back and watch the Thor movies in their entirety because I've never sat through the most of a Thor movie I've seen. Is Ragnarok, and I'm, I'm sure that probably won't do me any justice because I know that that movie was a uh, was very light on seriousness, and it was like just full blown humor, and that's one of the things I liked about it actually because I couldn't get into the Thor series; I wasn't really a big fan of him as you know as a character when I was growing up, but I feel like I would have to, you know, I would be doing myself a disservice if. I didn't catch up on those movies and get a a better understanding of the character Loki, but I know like for now, the movies that I have seen him in, I'm just not really impressed with him as a villain, so I don't know if they're going to make him a straight-up villain in this, which will be cool. I would be more into it if he's just completely bad, because I don't really want... A Loki series where he's just an anti-hero and he's trying to find a good in himself I don't you know unless they incorporate Chris Hemsworth into it and I don't even know when this is supposed to take place because Loki you know he died in uh in uh the beginning of Avengers Infinity War was it yeah uh, Thanos snaps his neck and that motherfucker's dead like he's not fake dead he is dead 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 ski but i you know i don't know where in this mcu timeline this shit's going to take place but it's the mcu and they can basically if they wanted to make it after endgame they could they can do whatever they want they can bring people back they don't even have to justify it in the in the they can justify it in the last couple minutes of the movie and people will just you know accept it because it's magic it's monsters It's superheroes super serums all kinds of magic shit in here now one movie i am i'm i'm i can't even say i'm excited i want to be but i'm i'm very much on the fence about it very much on the fence about it because this has to be handled carefully It's venom 2 which will be out october 2nd 2020 now the first venom movie i remember when they dropped that first trailer we didn't see venom you know we kind of saw black veins Uh, popping out, popping out of Tom Hardy's neck while they were doing some type of shaky cam while he screamed on a table or gurney, whatever it was. And I just wasn't impressed. But then I remember that second trailer dropped and I was super drunk and my cousin was in my living room and we watched the trailer, watched the trailer probably like 12 times over. You know, I was having a conversation on the phone and I I had to act like I was listening to what they were saying because that trailer was on in the background. And I'm like, listen, I got to call you back. something, Something just came up and watched that trailer over and over and over and my expectations were through the roof because the trailer looked good and the movie while it wasn't bad it just wasn't what it could have been first of all i feel like venom should have been a rated r property because it is a monster movie and the comparisons they were making when they made the when the movie was being made you know they were saying it was like uh, a, a werewolf movie, basically, you know, a guy trying to control the beast or overcome the monster, however, they explained it. And I'm like, this sounds like it could be something. And then when it said PG 13, I'm like, okay, that's strike one. And then the movie, it, it just didn't do anything super epic, but it wasn't bad. You know, a lot of people hated it and bashed it. I didn't necessarily bash it. I just said there was a lot in that movie they could have done that. Not even just with the R rating, it's a lot they could have done with the PG-13 rating, but the movie, you know, Tom Hardy carries that entire movie, man, and I do like the interactions with him and Venom, you know, when it looks like he's just talking to himself, I, I like the interactions, man, I didn't hate the movie. If anything, the one thing I hated in that movie was that wig that they put on Woody Harrelson when they introduced him as Carnage in that prison cell. That motherfucker looked like Screech from Saved by the Bell if he just was trying to, you know, he was in the process of doing Ronald McDonald cosplay. That's exactly what it looked like. They found the cheapest wig ever and just slapped it on Woody Harrelson's head. Now, if we can get a different wig, I'll be a lot more trusting with this. Nah, but to be serious about it um tom hardy is coming back and i'm glad he's coming back because that guy's one of the best actors of my generation hands down he's a character actor for sure and he was he was one of the best things about he was the best thing about that venom movie the first movie woody harrelson of course is coming back because you know you can't introduce carnage and not have a, a payoff to that and hopefully what they do with carnage is not make him look like venom i know that they look they are very similar they're all symbiotes but that was one of the problems that people had with the first movie was that when venom is fighting riot at the end you really couldn't tell who was who i mean you know one's one's black and one's gray but it was just like um a, a, um it was almost a mess you know i'm and that's not to put down the, the person that did the cg effects or the designs or anything but i just need way more um Creative separation with the two designs of uh of you know they I wouldn't even be mad if they switched up uh, Carnage's his appearance. You got Michelle Williams coming back, and I I like Michelle Williams, man. I loved her. Like I was one of probably one of the only black kids who was a diehard Dawson's Creek fan in my class as a kid, and I loved her in that, and I loved her in H Two O. I love her as an actress altogether, but it's like her line delivery in Venom was just like she's got to do a lot better in the sequel to win me over because I just wasn't buying her lines at all I was surprised to see that she was actually a part of this but you know I wasn't too too impressed with her performance but she did get to turn into she venom at some point so that was a that was like a redeeming quality for her character and Naomi Harris who is a cast in steel is in this now I just told myself I had to watch black and blue I've been watching bits of piece of but I love Naomi Harris I think the first movie I saw her in was street kings but she's a great actress man she's one of those up-and-coming She's already there, but she's still on the rise to be one of the greatest uh, black act, the actresses of all time. Now, what got me about this Venom 2 movie release is that Andy Serkis is directing. Now, not only does Andy Serkis act, but he is a motion capture actor. He's done like some Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, part of me wants to say Harry Potter, but I don't want to be wrong. Somebody out there will help me if they listen to this. But Andy Serkis directing and him being fresh off of something like uh black panther per se where he played claw i think his name was he's already involved in the mcu so i feel like he can inject you know this venom 2 movie will be sony so i feel like he can inject something all the things possibly that he has picked up in the mcu and his time in the mcu and his time in just film in general um you know especially like supernatural film film roles i feel like he can sprinkle whatever he needs to sprinkle on this when he's behind that director's chair and make venom 2 definitely a worthy ass sequel man i would not be opposed to that shit at all i, I love that he's directing it It was it was kind of strange for me probably because you know he, he's just dabbling in a whole bunch of stuff you know he's alfred and uh, dc's the batman coming out um I think that's next year it's coming out and he's directing this so i'm just like you know but more power to him man shout out to andy circus for being versatile you know being able to be behind and in front of the camera now speaking of sony morbius july 31st 2020 now i did it i did a trailer reaction and um some thoughts on the morbius trailer and i actually I like it. I like the trailer a lot. And you know, a lot of people were just like, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. It's very by the numbers and it's cliche guy gets sick and needs a cure and turns himself into something via trying to do the cure. That's fine. I get what people are saying, but this is redemption. You know, I look at this as redemption. And from what I hear, Birds of Prey just dropped and Jared Leto's Joker is not even in it. I hear that the Joker that they mentioned is not even Jared Leto's version of the Joker that was in Suicide Squad. And I feel like with how bad they fucked Jared Leto over, over at Warner Brothers, I feel like going over to Marvel, over to Sony and getting a lead role the titular character, like, I feel like this is redemption year for Jared Leto. Now, there are some concerns with um, the Morbius trailer, which is, you know, they the end of it, the stinger at the end was that Vulture, Michael Keaton, was in it. Now, I think they're setting up the Sinister Six, they're teasing the Sinister Six movie, or maybe in a Spider-Man movie before they do their own, I don't know. But... Now, if this is connected to the MCU, which Vulture is indeed connected to, then there's a good chance that this Morbius movie will be PG-13. And that definitely concerns me. It's the same thing with how I look at Venom or Blade. These are characters that deserve our ratings, especially Morbius, the living vampire. He drinks blood. He tears people's throats out. That scene where he's um, he's in that tunnel... Or wherever that building is, the basement of that building, and he's just running through these guards, just slicing at him and grabbing them up to the ceiling, that is straight-up horror movie shit, and it should be rated R. It should be blood flying. Now, I mean, there is a way they can make this work. If we dealt with Wolverine for how many years and how many X-Men movies, PG-13, no blood spraying when he slices people in half and stuff like that, we can deal with a Morbius movie that's PG-13. I'd rather not, but if I have to, then I will. Jared, like I said, Jared Leto, I think it's going to be uh, a redemption movie for him, um, especially because of how cool he looks. He looks really cool, uh, even you know when he's just Michael, and he looks cool, even cooler as Morbius. Jared Harris is in it. Uh, Jared Harris I don't see in too many movies. I know he's in a lot of movies, but I personally don't see him in a lot of movies. I actually just watched Resident Evil Apocalypse, and he plays the guy in a wheelchair who's trying to find his daughter. Tyrese is in it. I'm not sure who he's playing, but he looks like he's got some cybernetic uh transformer arm he borrowed off the set of of, uh transformers from michael bay i don't know who his character is i would have to get more into the um the source material like the comic material and stuff like that and i'm also not familiar with the director daniel espinosa but from the looks of it it looks you know it looks like he knows what he's doing with this property and i love the tone that he has for it i love the cinematography it looks like you know a dark property but i i hope that they i really hope that you know um they make this movie rated r and if they don't i really hope they push the envelope on uh i hope they take all the creative liberties they can to make this movie as vicious as possible because i want to see morbius you know slice some old folks up that's what i want to see now i got two more points to make as far as um marvel news goes and one of the points is something that's been in talks for a long time but it keeps popping up because this guy keeps talking about it john krasinski who starred in the office and went on to direct a modern classic in my opinion the quiet place and he actually directed quiet place 2 which is coming out soon and it looks amazing john krasinski uh has expressed again that he wants to play mr fantastic in the mcu in the fan whenever they bring the fantastic four back out now i'll be completely honest the first two fantastic four movies are not good movies but they are fun they are a lot of fun to watch and to laugh at at how silly they are but there's no high stakes so i know everything's going to be all right which is why i couldn't take that movie seriously um Now the guy, I can't remember his name, Ian something, I cannot remember his last name, who played Mr. Fantastic in the first movie, he was okay, but you know, I could buy him as the smartest man in the world, I get it, but the best part, let's be honest about them Fantastic Four movies, those first two, the best part of it was Chris Evans as the human torch, that was perfect casting, he could do no wrong, and no matter how bad the movies might have been or how silly people thought they were, Chris Evans is the highlight of both of them. Now, when they brought in Silver Surfer, I did enjoy that because Lawrence Fishburne did the voice and Doug Jones did the actual, you know, he was actually the Silver Surfer. Shout out to Doug Jones, another modern movie monster, man. He played Abe Sapien in Hellboy. He played the Ice Cream Man in Legion. I love Doug Jones, man. But then we got the reboot of Fantastic Four, which in tone, as far as the tone goes, and as far as this as a sci-fi movie, it's fine. But this as a Fantastic Four movie, it's not. You know, uh, I was all I was all for um, diversity. I didn't care that Michael B. Jordan was playing Johnny Storm. I didn't care that they was they were race swapping. I didn't give a shit. You know, do something different. As long as it's in context, I get it. And they did have it in context. They had the actor. I can't remember his name. R.I.P. to him. Um, he played the father and he adopted uh, Sue Storm. You know it's in context. I get it. And Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. Cool, but they fumbled on a lot of things they could have did with this movie. Like I said, as a sci-fi movie, it's fine. The science is there for sure. But as a Fantastic Four movie, it really doesn't become that until the last uh, couple minutes of the movie, and it's barely that in the last couple minutes of the movie. So that was not only a box office flop but it was definitely a disappointment for people that were actually excited for it because there were people that were just like yo they're going for a dark tone the torch is black dr doom is on some shit in here he's murder you know he's just there's one of the best scenes in that reboot actually that i love personally was when dr doom is just walking down the hall and making people's heads explode with his mind i love that scene because it was something out of a horror movie now as far as John Krasinski playing, um, actually, let me just go. Let me backtrack real quick because I forgot to mention Miles Teller as Reed Richards in the reboot. I like Miles Teller as Reed Richards, but um, you know, because he's got that geeky, smart guy. Um, he had that whole demeanor down packed for me, at least. But um, it was, you know, like I said, it was it was there, science fiction wise. But as far as Fantastic Four, the movie just didn't. It didn't feel like that. You know, it was it was like they just threw it in there for flair just to keep people's mouths wet and then you know there was no big payoff for it but uh nonetheless i do like miles teller as an actor he was okay as reed richards not anything epic um it's really hard to say who i liked better out of him and the guy who played him in the first two movies but um john krasinski uh i wouldn't be opposed to him playing reed richards now it depends on who they get casted around him as sue storm johnny storm and ben Grimm, and of course victor von doom you have to have the right people surrounding this guy because i'm not saying krasinski couldn't possibly carry a film but this isn't a one-man show you know it's not a one-man band this is the fantastic four so you have to make sure all four of these characters these actors gel together so well that we forget there were even three other attempts prior to this new movie now I feel like with this, if they do, if they bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU, Marvel has one more chance for me to fuck this up because I wasn't super big on the Fantastic Four, but I just expected it to be good because it's like, I love a team of, you know, solo movies are cool, but I love a team that can work together to solve a problem or get rid of a villain. But Marvel, y'all got one more chance to fuck this property up and then I'm done. I don't care what y'all do with the Fantastic 4. You know, I'm I'm way more forgiven with the X-Men because they've had they know they fuck up sometimes but they have so many movies where as though it's got more hits than misses. This property, Fantastic 4 has 3 misses as far as I'm concerned. So this uh this fourth inning man, y'all got to y'all have to do something. Y'all have to figure it out. But uh, to say the least I'm not opposed to John Krasinski playing you know, uh, Mr. Fantastic, I think it'll be great. But you, like I said, you have to have the right people around them. Now, before I wrap this up, my last bit of Marvel news. Now, I don't know if this has been officially confirmed. I know it's been in talks and it's been articles. Um, you know, I don't know which sites to fully trust before I post stuff sometimes, especially nowadays. But um, Sam Raimi is in talks to direct Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange 2. Now let me just say this, I was late to the party, very, very late to the party with Doctor Strange. I didn't see Doctor Strange until after Infinity War had already came out. And when I went back and watched it, this movie was like an acid LSD mushroom trip without the drugs. I'm trying to tell y'all, this is one of the trippiest, craziest Marvel movies that they have ever made in existence. And I love it because it takes you places like they really put an emphasis on the magic and they take you places that you don't even. It's almost like Inception. You know, if Inception was made by Marvel, if it was a superhero movie, that's exactly what that movie reminds me of. And it's just such a mind fuck that you have no choice but to just be drawn into it. It's like looking into it's like being on If somebody gave somebody LSD, acid, and shrooms all in a, uh, you know, a punch that was filled with absinthe or some shit, whatever that shit was from a Euro trip that made them see the Green Fairy. If you mixed all that shit together and consumed it in one take and then looked inside of a kaleidoscope, that's exactly what Doctor Strange reminds me of. The movie is insanely fantastic. And shout out to Scott Derrickson. Uh, who actually directed it? Who who directed *Sinister*? One of my favorite horror movies. It's actually one of the scariest horror movies I've seen in recent years. Real shit. But um, and shout out to C. Robert Cargill, who um, was actually shot, big shout out to him, man, because he started off with Spill.com, you know, which is now DoubleToasted.com, and they they reviewed movies galore. Every movie back in the day, and this guy always had a certain opinion. When it came to horror movies he always had a certain opinion when it came to um superhero movies and there he is over at marvel working with kevin feige doing his thing but uh it's kind of messed up that him and scott derrickson aren't coming back because the two work well together you know sinister dr strange sinister 2 i wasn't really a big fan of but i guess it had some moments to it but the guys work well together Now, I don't know if it was creative differences because they wanted to make a horror movie because that was the rumor was that Doctor Strange 2 was going to be a straight-up horror movie and it was going to have Scarlet Witch incorporated in it somehow. I don't know what the creative differences were amongst parties involved, but they are no longer attached and Sam Raimi, of all people, is attached to direct, which is weird to me because if the creative differences were over the fact that they didn't want to make a flat-out horror movie... You get somebody like Sam Raimi, who's known for Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell and Dark Man and shit like that, you get Sam Raimi to direct, like, you, you gotta wanna make a horror movie at this point. Now, I think the last Sam Raimi movie I saw was Drag Me to Hell, and I was not a fan of it at all, but that's not to say I don't like Sam Raimi. I just feel like certain OG directors, horror directors, like, when they get older and they try to come back out and make certain movies... um, for example, Sam Raimi Drag Me to Hell, Wes Craven, My Soul to Keep, John Carpenter. No, I actually like the ward, so I can't say that. But you know, when certain um certain directors come back, like it's like they're I understand they want to switch their style up, but it's like it misses it misses some signature beats that you know, me as a fan that I expect. But I'm not going to say I don't want to see Sam Raimi direct Doctor Strange 2 because it's I, I can't even really still wrap my head around the fact that they are he is in talks to do this movie because I don't know what to expect now because Sam Raimi was always that guy who was you know stop animation um, you know green screen sped up uh, animation type of effects like when I think of Sam Raimi I think of Evil Dead and Darkman you know, those two movies in particular, I know he's done way more stuff than that, and Spider-Man, of course, how the fuck did I forget he did the Spider-Man trilogy, oh, okay, now, you know what, I'm backtracking now, y'all, because my stupid ass just completely forgot about the Spider-Man trilogy, Sam Raimi, okay, you know what, Um, my hopes just got a little bit bigger, because, you know, I I like the Spider-Man trilogy, the first one, First one was cool, I just didn't like what they did with Green Goblin, and I feel like he was miscast with William Defoe. I like William Defoe as an actor, but he was miscast. Uh, Spider-Man 2, I learned to appreciate it a little more, uh, because it's like a horror movie, and it has that horror movie-like scene where Dr. Octopus, you know, his arms wake up before he does. But Spider-Man 3 will always be my favorite. Now, if Sam Raimi can combine all this shit into one with Doctor Strange and, you know, push the envelope with the horror and the magic like Scott Derrickson did, and uh, uh, C. Robert Cargill did, I'm all in, I am all in, and um, hopefully it does well, I know that they said, um, Jesus, not Natalie Portman, there's an actress in there, is it Rachel McAdams, I think that was in Doctor Strange, she won't be returning, but uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, will be coming back, and of course, Elizabeth Olsen, she'll, she'll be She'll be in there because they said Scarlet Witch is a part of this. Now, as far as the multiverse of madness, they can they, there's so much they can do with that. Just that multiverse word alone. And the possibilities are endless. So, you know, let's try to keep our fingers crossed. But, I, you know, while they can pull off a lot of shit with the multiverse in the subtitle, um, I don't want them to overdo it you know don't throw so much in there to the point where we forget it's a dr strange movie because that's one of the things i liked and made me a fan of that character was that it didn't stray too much away from dr strange you know he had people around him there were villains and bad guys around him but he put in a lot of work in that movie as a as as a character you know and it was an origin story so i love a good origin story but yeah man sam raimi uh you know I hope he knocks it out the park. If he is indeed, if they one hundred percent confirm that, you know, I'm 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 going to give it a shot. I'm definitely going to give it a shot because after how much I enjoyed the first movie, I'll I'm definitely down for a sequel because I know they there's nowhere to go but up as far as the Doctor Strange character goes because there's so many different things he can do in his in his world and these in these movies that a lot of Marvel characters can't do. So I'm looking forward to it, man, to say the least. Marvel, y'all, you know, I talked my shit and that was only to. That was only to humble y'all, you know, it was only to humble y'all and it was only to, uh, you know, let people know that DC is not as bad as people make it seem. But like I said, you know, I give the credit where it's due, man. If I'm wrong about something, I will eat my words, but you know, I, I stand by my opinions on, the things I say, but I do know that Marvel is definitely, you know, they're still on their A-game, man, and they earned it. They still got a lot of shit coming out. The Eternals just wrapped. Blade's still coming out. Shang-Chi is coming out. They've, they've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 they're working on. It's a whole bunch of, you know, they pretty much got their asses covered for years to come. You know, they got food on the table already in advance. So, you know, shout out to the MCU for that, man. But I will be doing a DC uh, episode too. Because I, sh- I gotta break the love down evenly, man. I got to, I have to, it's only right, it wouldn't be me if I didn't, but when I do do that episode and when I upload this one, y'all can catch it on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Hopefully it'll be on more platforms, shout out to Anchor for trying to make that happen for me, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor, follow the Facebook movie group, Cinemaniacs. Shout out to the tutor reviewers, man. I I literally am almost there. I feel like I'm gonna be there by the time the weekend is over. I'm really confident in that and if not, I feel like I'll be there by next week. This 300 spins because I'm literally about to cut through the tape as far as this 300 spins go. But then the race won't be over after I get to 300. I'm pushing for 4 right after that. Y'all already know what it is. And I'm pushing for a stack after that. Anybody that you know that's not familiar with the lingo, a stack is a 1000 in a in hood terms so i'll be pushing for a thousand spins in no time man hopefully but i I wouldn't be able to do that without the the listeners the two the reviewers man so thank you to every single one of y'all supporting me showing me love because i can't do this without y'all man y'all been keeping me afloat since day one with this podcast thing man it's it's hard to believe it's been like four months because it seems like i've been doing this longer or at least i should have been doing it longer because it's fun man it's a lot of fun and the fact that people respond to it and listen to it you know i had somebody actually uh posted my last episode on what i would do with a terminator reboot with the rock um i posted that in one of the groups that i joined as of recently and somebody's like you know they kept it a beam with me and they said you know i can't you know i I just listened to it i can't say i agree with the casting but you you know you basically you got it figured out and you know it was like good shit i'll be listening to it and that's that's the type of shit that keeps me going man the fact that complete strangers take the time out of their day to listen to little old me talk about movies and just rant and rave and just crack jokes and act silly and all this other shit man that really um that means more to me than y'all will ever imagine man so another shout out to the tutor reviewers and the listens man love y'all to death yours truly romero tutor another episode of tutor reviews in a can i'll catch y'all on the next one